Hello, friend. Welcome to the Watery Desho podcast. We are so happy to have the pleasure of your company. If this is your first time listening, sit back, relax. We hope you enjoy. If you are coming back because you enjoy our content and you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Desho. We've got all kinds of fun rewards and bonus content like early access, Discord roles, additional audio and video content, all in three budget-friendly tiers. If you're not able to support us financially, no biggie. We totally understand. If you'd like to help us out uh, for free, you can always give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our discoverability. You can follow us on SoundCloud, on Twitter, at WaterWeDeshow. You can always send us an email at WaterWeDeshow at gmail.com if you want to correspond with us. We may not get to read every correspondence on the show, but I can promise you that we do read and try to respond to every single one because we do love our community, which we hope you'll be a part of. Thank you for your kind attention, friend. And without further ado, let's get to the show. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and MDs, and welcome to my living room. That's on a podcast. Hey, <laughs> I had to start off with that. I'm sorry, I had to. But yes, welcome to Warrior Death Show's Stream of Thought covering Vinland Saga. We're up to episode 17, Servant. I'm Shaden, and join me as always from across the pond, but close to my heart is none other than the Soul Doctor. Gucci flip flops. <laughs> Kick rocks. Nice. So I've been busy, as you can tell. Uh, I will be probably continue to be very busy because what you can't see out of shot just down there somewhere is an immense amount of cardboard i could build myself my own suit of armor from it there's that much shit <laughs> down there you're like yeah, a, like the a walking um oh my god what are those things the fucking the the switch uh cardboard uh, uh you know labo? what i mean yeah it, yes you're like oh you could be like a even, walking Nintendo i don't even know the switch how, how do i even <laughs> remember that what the hell i don't know god damn, I it. god damn it man god damn it uh, but yeah, we're back now to cover episode 17, where, you know, in the ever-progressing saga that is Midland Saga, you know, where shit goes up to 11 in this episode, as it did in the last one. Like, it just... <laughs> and it fe- I'm, I'm sorry, but I've got to say ahead of time, this episode features quite possibly the most amazing single moment in any anime I've seen this year, like, at all. It, it, it damn near killed me in, in all the best ways, because I just could not stop laughing. If you've seen the episode yourself, you know exactly which scene I'm talking about. <laughs> and I like to believe that the whole story up until this point has just been an excuse to allow that to happen. I think I might know. Uh, oh, of course you know. I think I might of know. Of course. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. But first off, of course, we need to revisit last week's poll. So if I pass you over to Doc... I do believe you've got some uh, handy over. I do indeed. So here are our polls. We do these every week, uh, usually in real time during the episode. So uh, if you want to vote on these, you go to at Show on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will update the ones that we put out today 
at the end of the episode to give you early voting results, and then we give you the final numbers, or close to it, at the beginning of the following week's episode, as we're going to do now with episode 16. Poll number one, after being slapped, slapped by Askeladd, Askeldad, Askeldaddy, do you think Canute realizes or intuits the truth of Ragnar's death? 61% of the audience says yes. Yes, indeed. So, Ooh, ambiguous. Can- Canute. Mostly ambiguous. <laughs> a little bit of a yeah, little bit majority yeah. there, but yeah. still. This, I think you could read it either way, to be quite honest. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think personally I lean more toward, personally towards the he knows. Because mm-hmm. like I say, he's lived through, well, his entire life was Game of Thrones episode, you know, seasons one through eight. And he's currently going through season eight. That's why things are really terrible for him, by the way. Um... <laughs> Because that season, crap. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was yes. Uh, so he, I think he's probably a bit savvy, or at least savvy enough to know that uh, you know Ragnar didn't just die, you know, from random Englishmen who just happened to gank him like they were, you know, mobs on Final Fantasy VII. You know, you just you know, my new step counts. You're going along, and then boom, Englishmen attack you out of nowhere. Am I right, folks? Am I right? And I mean, he looked into Askeladd's eyes like it was there. It was there. Mm-hmm. So poll number yeah. So poll number two is what is the standard Thorkel diet per day? So <laughs> I I jokingly say a lot of the time about these polls, we've never had this happen before in the history of the podcast. <laughs> like when we have a fifty fifty tie, it happens a lot. But I'm glad we're breaking new ground here. But honest to God, we've never had this happen before in the history of the podcast. Of the four possible answers, we have a three-way tie. Whoa. It holy was, shit. It was almost, it was so, as well, it wasn't one of, like, a lopsided three-way tie. It was, like, really close to being a four-way split. Um, <laughs> t- 27% were awarded to each of the following contenders. 24 chickens eaten whole, three cows and two pigs, and one angie. Ang- angie. Ang- ang- Angie, yep. It's this slang for Anglo-Saxon. I mean, it's where they are. It is going to be an Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, an you, you know, um, I I wrote that in there because I had this amazing mental image that just came out of nowhere of Forkel in the Unsized yes, Goose game. Yes, yes, chasing the goose around, uh, just for hours on end, like his big gaily, like you know, lo- loping walk. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, come back, goose, come back. <laughs> well, and now that you've said uh, Saxon goose or Anglo Saxon goose, I'm just imagining the goose with a giant axe in its beak. <laughs> oh hell, can you imagine Farkel going honk goose. honk? Oh, I reckon I, I reckon he'd do a good honk honk. Hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. So feel free to sponsor us uh, on Titled Goose Game Creators. By the way, we're doing good work here selling your products. It's true. It's true. So, uh, yeah, those are the, the the one that didn't quite make it uh, is two bears. Uh, but those are the polls, and uh, you, there's still a couple of hours left. So if anybody wants mm. to go out there and try to make it a four-way tie or influence the first poll, if that has one hour left, uh, you can vote while we're doing this show. And uh, I'll be posting links to the new polls for this episode uh, in the Twitch chat. Absolutely. Uh, shouts to uh, Dana, who's currently in the chat. Uh, I didn't put mushrooms in there because... I figured, you know, like, I don't think Forkel eats vegetables of any description unless he absolutely has to. 
I think for him, he's an entirely like, you know, he's just a pure carnivore. He's all meat all the time. Someone serves him a side salad and he just, you know, gives him a look that makes them want to leave the country immediately and never come back. Puts a real distance between uh, them and him, if you know what I mean. Now, if it were Bjorn you were talking about, uh, I would put mushrooms in the, you know, poll as an answer, along with mushrooms, mushrooms, and mushrooms. Exactly. Exactly. I, mean, I, I hope you notice the very subtle and granular difference between those four potential answers. Yeah, well, we're talking about Thorkel, not, not Bjorn. Uh, we're talking about the big blonde man, uh, the very, very big blonde man with the large axe and minus two fingers on one hand. Uh, rather than the mushroom berserker, yeah. So, and and I also think uh, Thorkel is probably one of those guys that's been drinking wine since like the age of four. You I know don't what think I mean? he died on wine. <laughs> I think he died straight on absinthe. I think he just like cut out all of the middle steps to like being you know getting like acclimatized to drinking. I think he literally just went straight to you know the hardest stuff possible, and then he just drinks it like it's Vimto. His his wet nurse was Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whiskey teat. <laughs> he drank every single one of them under the table at his family's mm-hmm. house. And he was only two. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, that was the polls. Thank mm-hmm. you very much, everyone. Take up behind those. Uh, we'll be having more, as Doc says, coming up in a bit as we go along through the plot summary, which I'm going to now go through with you right this second. So this episode is called Servant. And in case you missed what happened last time, uh, Things have gone to hell in a handbasket for Askeladd and his, uh, you know, his cronies. Uh, they have all turned on him, or rather a substantial number of them have. So we pretty much pick up immediately after where the previous episode left off. Now, Askeladd uh, actually, however, has, you know, he has a little bit of spare time, so he decides to have a flashback. And this flashback is to of him when he was younger, even younger than he was when we saw in the previous episode where he was carrying his mother off that boat, uh, to them in a stable somewhere. Uh, she herself is narrating to him about the idea of Avalon, uh, which mm-hmm. is where King Artorius went to, and he's recuperating from his wounds until he returns to the mortal world to walk it once again and do battle once more. Uh, I'm going to just only keep this brief. I don't want to do this as a full side point, but I want to note, by the way, I really, really liked how they drew Lydia in this scene because she looks completely and utterly like defeated and spaced out. It's not something so physical that you can see about her, like, you know, that she's missing, say, fingers or something like that. But you can tell from just the way she looks, even the way she's not even, like, you know, focusing her eyes properly, that she's really, really seen some awful, awful shit, as Asklad alluded to. Yeah. Uh, also, I would be remiss if I didn't point out the obvious similarity between uh, Lydia relating to Asklad about Avalon, which is a faraway magical place of milk, honey, and sunshine, to Vinland, also a faraway magical place of milk, honey, and sunshine. You see where the parallels are coming in here, folks. It's like, keep saying, you keep getting those cycles, those themes coming in and in and in. But I'll not belabor the point. So, Askeladd, you know, he has that little flashback and he comes back and says, look, don't, you know, don't be putting your Billy Big Balls on here. Remember what, remember your place, motherfuckers, right? Don't, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves. But then he asks them if he can speak frankly and candidly with them for one last time. And because everyone's an idiot, they all decide to get within striking range of Askeladd's sword while he has this very candid conversation. But he says, you know, I'm going to talk to you through this, as in, I'm going to, you know, cut all of you down with a single sword stroke. And, hey, you know what, as a fighting game player myself, I've just got to say, it's a really dumb idea to let your opponent build up enough meters to use their super move and then not be ready for it. I mean, come on, guys. Wake the fuck up here. 
I mean, Daigo, if Daigo were in that crowd, he'd have seen that coming a mile off. He'd have, he'd have you know, Evo fought whatever else, Moment 34, that shit. Parried all of it. I thought the Vikings uh, were like the ancestors of, you know, the fighting game community. So, I mean, what happened? What happened? I would... I don't know. I'm just going to blame Street Fighter Five again. Okay. Or I suppose if you're into that particular thing, as I've elaborated on Twitter earlier, say we can blame New Guilty. We blame all yeah, five games. All of them. Blame the Guilty Gear uh, demo for all. Yeah, our just, problems. just, 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 just blame everything. I mean, I watched the Guilty Gear 2020 demo. It gave me cancer. Great. Thanks for that, Daisuke. Great. Whoopty fuckity do. No, it didn't really, of course. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, that's a discussion for a different time. So, uh, yeah, a fight breaks out, um, and at this point, everything goes completely and utterly ape shit. Um, like, Bjorn makes a break for it uh, with um, Canute, Thorfinn, and uh, Father Booze, as we'll call him. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, did he ever actually get a name, come to think of it, Doc? I'm no, not he's just sure on the that. priest. Or priest. He's just, <laughs> he's like, just the priest, fair, fair enough. So, I mean... I think... Uh, so we talked about the Bjorn versus Thorkel drinking battle. What about the priest versus Thorkel? Um... <laughs> uh, Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's like, I mean, the, the priest is not like necessarily a social drinker, but he's just like injecting it into his veins directly all the time. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I okay, Falkel still wins. Dana says in chat. Yeah, I mean, it's, I can, I can see it. Well, the thing is, like, Forkel, like, even though I think he's meant to be in his late 40s or early 50s, he still looks pretty spry. So I reckon that the priest would die before him, not from drinking, but just of old age. Yeah. Completely unrelated, like, you know, incident, that kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe if it's like a so, large volume at once, then Thorkel would have the, the edge. Well, I think that, like, you see the priest just casually drinking it straight, mm -hmm. like, you know, but he's only sipping at it. For Kelly, just smash the thing and just drink it all in one go. It's true. So I think he would, I think he would win if we're being quite honest with ourselves here. Uh, but yeah, everything goes completely to hell in a handbasket. So uh, Asgard starts fighting his own men. Some of them uh, allow Bjorn, Canute, the priest, and Forfin to escape on the cart that they loaded up previously, but they are pursued in turn by men on horseback who have broken away from Asgard's group. Uh, and, you know, Bjorn's like, Look, I'm I'm working with Asgard, so fucking what? Come get me, you know, come at me, bros. Come at me. And they decide to make the sensible option instead of killing the horses, which I think, you know, if you happen to be a peace member, you're probably going to not enjoy this anime very much. No. I mean, no. the horses have, you know, uh, not had a good time in this one, if I'm being quite honest. And that's not the last time we'll be talking about horses having a bad time in this very episode. So uh, stay tuned for that <laughs> when we get to it. Uh, but yeah, uh, in doing so, the car crashes, and I'll tell you now, because this is just what happens every time I see a scene like this. Whenever I see a group of people flying through the air in slow motion, uh, Green Bird from Cowboy Bebop just starts playing in my uh, Yes! Head. Oh, I'm... Yes, me too. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so happy that you... That you are afflicted with this also. I feel like if you're of a certain how age... Can you, I mean, how can you not? I mean, this is a poll. This is poll number two. Honestly, that that's the that was the first thing that popped through my head. Um, they all survived the crash. Uh, Canute is found to be okay, and indeed one of the guys picks him up by his hair, showing how little they actually, you know, value him as a person, more as a you know uh, bargaining chip, shall we say? Um, but beyond, like you know, well, beyond, he's had a rough day. Like 
you know, he just wants to, you know, do some pillaging, do some plundering, have a couple of mushrooms, just have a nice little nap. You know, you know it was going to be a nice, chilled out Saturday. I'm assuming it's a Saturday, it could rail another day. But anyway. Uh, and you know what? Like, he's had enough. So he, like, rises out from underneath the broken car, his helmet's gone, and he just pops in one of those mushrooms, and you know that, like, well, if you've ever played Doom 2016, just imagine the Rip and Tear song from the OSTs just playing as it as that happens, you know. I mean, Mick Gordon totally could score the following fight scene between Bjorn and those men. Uh, during all this confusion, though, uh, Thorfinn actually manages to jump onto a horse. Uh, he did that before the car, well, as the car was crashing, because Thorfinn is just basically, you know, Viking ninja at this point. Um, and he realises, oh, wait! Didn't I have a, you know, a, 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 an unscheduled murder appointment with Ascalad? Oh no, he's back there fighting 50 men. I'm over here. Oh shit. I, 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 made, a, I made a horrible, horrible error. Um, which I think maybe is leading towards Vinland Saga being, you know, a cautionary tale about the dangers of queue jumping. I don't know. Because I think everyone's like taking a ticket and waiting for their numbers to be called to murder Ascalad at this point. Uh, but that being said, in Askeladd's favour, he certainly isn't making it easy for them. He's killed his way through a fair few of them yet. Uh, one thing to note, by the way, just as a small detail, is that in the OP, uh, the second OP that is, <clears throat> um, you'll note that Askeladd has a scar OP. across... Sorry, I just had to say. It's visually, <laughs> visually, visually superior, but it ain't, it ain't no Mukanjo, as we say. Mm. But, like, you can see that he has a scar across his eye, but if you, like, around here... Um, Right. And I don't know if this I, I don't know if this is an error with the animation, but I swear blind that scar has not consistently been there before, which led me to think that he got it during this fight. I only mentioned that just because I thought this was the moment. I'm not really that bothered one way or the other if he did get it or not from that. But anyway. So Ascalad as you know, he suffered a couple of wounds, but he's he's still holding his own. Mm-hmm. He's doing okay. So he starts I mean, ki- Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, carry on? No, I like <laughs> he's doing incredible. Right? <laughs> He's like a dude versus 50 guys and he has no shield. And he's like at this point, like, I don't know, he has like a forehead wound and his his uh, bicep has been he's, sliced. Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been cut. I mean, yeah. but he's killed like at least 15 people. <laughs> well, the thing is like in a lot of fights like these where it's one against several, uh, the bad guys are often very, very grace gracious, and they operate under, you know, fairground ride rules, which is that you only go one at a time, or two maybe, if you're in a group. So, you know, they all nicely queue up, and they all get, uh, you know, cut down by them. That's not me, like, criticising, by the way. I'm just taking a... I'm just having a good joke at it. Uh, but yeah, he continues to murder his way through a couple more of them. It takes out someone's eyes, uh, oh. you know. Oh! What a... What? What a dick move. <laughs> what a straight up heel wrestling move. Pow. I know. <laughs> he just went I, He just went straight for it. Uh, and then he decides, I've really, really had enough. This day has been shit. He's having that kind of like, you know, mid-Monday morning like blues that you get when you've just come back from a good weekend. You've got an injury full of crap to deal with. And you're just like, I can't be arsed with this shit. You just want to flip tables. Uh, so he... Cleaves a guy clean in two. Well, it's because someone hit him in the back with an axe. And that's when yeah. he's like, all right. Fuck did this you shit. Really? <laughs> did you really just? Did you really just hit me in the back with your axe? 
<laughs> yeah, when he cleaves that guy, they're just like, oh my god, my axe can't even cut through him. Like, where did he get this sword? This is fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. Uh, but then, unfortunately, we get irony, you know, irony theater 101 here, because uh, Torgrim, uh, who I don't believe we actually learned his name prior to this no. episode, I could be mistaken on that. Uh, he's one of the bro bros, you know, the arm bros, and he's the one leading this insurrection against Askeladd, and he lines up his archers to shoot, uh, <clears throat> to shoot at him. Uh, and I'm just thinking, oh, Askeladd, this is your playbook, this. How does it feel to have a taste of your own medicine now, where you're outnumbered 50 to 1 and archers are about to murder you no matter what you do? Stings, doesn't it? Uh, so, you know, he says, hey, I can't die like this. This ain't fair, because this is Askeladd, and he's still going to be completely smoke all the way to the, mm-hmm. at the end. <laughs> because why not at this point? You know, he, besides, he's lived a, lot, a hard life. You know he's not going to go down on his knees and start begging for mercy or anything like that. He's probably going to flip them off as he just, like, you know, expires. Let the rigor mortis set in so people can't turn his fingers down. <laughs> I, in chat, I think Dana makes a great point, like, really really fun like that cleaving that guy was a tactical mistake on this on his part you know because he's like oh no oh no i really i should not have lost my temper like i shouldn't have done that like i need to calm down and he's like hey everybody i was just a little annoyed but i'm fine now we can you can yeah i just said i just had a bad moment i'll stop being so loud like you can now yeah continue to believe that you'll beat me and rush me one-on-one I mean, I'm sorry Jim over there had to split and all that, but we just had a disagreement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, you know, has a laugh and a joke and saying, hey, you know what, like, if I die, uh, Forfin and Bjorn will come back and kill a lot of you, you know, exchange me for the prince, uh, as long as you let me live. But Torgrim, in a surprising moment of intelligence, which I actually, I'm not, would, I'm not saying he's dumb, by the way, I just didn't think he would make this, uh, this very clever play of his, like, oh, we can take you alive, but it doesn't mean we can, you know, not, you know, incapacitate you. Go for so the legs. Aim for the, go for the legs. And, you know, his men prove that they actually can hit something, which is, they seem very surprised about afterwards. Yes. Uh, yes. But yeah, Askeladd is down for the count. Uh, he is basically on his last legs. As he rises up, though, using his sword to, like, hold himself up, he recalls we're not in detail, so they're aware, but we, of course, as the audience, are privy to his flashback, so we know what he's referring to. He says, basically, I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, I've been waiting far too long for the return of the king. The film, of course. Wrong theme. Oh, wait, that's Game wrong of Thrones theme. shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck, what is that? I can totally see Askeladd saying on the Iron Throne, by the way. Yeah, that's the right one. He, he, yeah. So, um, he's, like, basically given up at this point. And that's the whole reason he, or at least as he tells it, that he's been doing this whole plan uh, of, you know, getting Canute and all that. That he's just fucking bored of it. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. We can discuss that in the talking points. But I will say this. If that is true, I probably have a lot more sympathy for, you know, Targrim and company when basically their boss just admits... Oh, I was just doing this for giggles because I was, you know, I didn't want to die pissing in a bedpan, you know. Mm. I'd rather, you know, go out like this. Anyway, well, didn't he say he want, he's ready for, like, the king to be restored or something like that? Um, he wants to so, see I, the king in Avalon or something to that effect. 
I think he, I think he said he was tired of waiting from my memory. But yeah, no, he did definitely say that, but waiting for... Oh, to mean, to mean for him to go to Avalon? Yeah, I died. Oh, no, I, like, it, so you, you should check the episode, I think, while we're talking, because it, it's, he's tired of waiting to make a certain move or have something happen. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the implication was I've just been dicking around. I think it was like, he's been planning something and he just can't afford to be so methodical now. He feels like his life is coming to an end and he has to rush things. Yeah. Well, he says he's old and there's, you know, um, no place for him after this, which funnily enough ties into what uh, Falkel was saying previously about, you know, the end of war as we understood it. Anyway, uh, so it looks like, you know, that's it. He's now going to get cut down by Torgrim's men. Uh, and in the distance, of course, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, there's a thousand and one like birds flying away. Uh, you've got wolves howling and all that shit as, as Thorfinn <laughs> is just screaming his head off. Oh, Thorfinn. I thought you were saying yeah. Thor- Thorkel is back there like, huh? I can't see him too well, but are they actually are mm-hmm. fighting each other? No, yeah. wait for me! <laughs> but yeah, uh, Forkel turns up with his men in tow, and well, they're all boned, basically, at this point. Uh, every single one of Torgrim's men, including himself, just drops their weapons, because they know they are screwed. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a complete fuck-up on their part, because by dicking around with Ascalad for all this time, I mean, we've seen what Forkel does to people who wants his, wants his defects in the previous episode. So, uh, big whoopsie on that one, mate. Well done. Well done. Tactical genius right there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, had they seen that happen before? Like, hmm? the, the... no, but we but we know. Yeah. So we know what yeah. the, we know that I'm... there's no amount pleading that uh-huh. we saw that. Yeah. I was just um, wondering if, like. How stupid was it on their part? I mean, clearly stupid, but like, did they did they know how heartless he was before they did this? Well, let's put it this way. I, I'm going to just propose the, you know, uh, theory of Forkel avoidance here, which is goes something like this. Let's assume this is Forkel and this is you. Okay. Now, let's assume Forkel is moving towards you. What do you, as a rational person, do? You move away in whatever direction you can. What you do not do, if you're Targrim or anyone else with a functioning brain cell, is either stay put or go towards him. Unless you're Thorfinn, because Thorfinn's, you know, got vengeance on the brain, you know. He's gone full Metal Gear Rising at this he's point. big brass ones as well. <laughs> just... I don't even think it's that. I think he's just completely and utterly like, no way, I saw him first. That was amazing. Yeah. Don't cut the queue. It's like the... um, <laughs> that's my lat the the last pork bun is mine. Uh, no, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's the most intense I've ever seen him, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, so Farkel speaks to um, he speaks to Askeladd, and Askeladd reveals what's going on: the fact that Thorfinn is indeed still alive, but not part of the rebellion. So Farkel, who for the most part in this scene has just looks incredibly bored with all of this, uh, <laughs> like. Like, you know, if you had to watch, you'd probably be checking it like this constantly. Uh, he makes decision. Askeladd lives because Askeladd will bring forth him back and everyone else just gets their heads chopped off. Whoops. This has really been a bummer of a day for everyone. Like, 
Although Asclad does have this incredible, you like, you know, resting bitch face going throughout most of this scene, which is just <laughs> incredible. Um, so, so like, you know, Forkel and his men say, "Hey, look, pick up your weapons and fight. Like, don't die like dogs." Yeah. Uh, which they do. Uh, but then uh, Torgrim, thinking, you know, how his day could possibly get any worse, he gets singled out by Forkel for one-on-one combat. Which is like, you know, watching a small baby being singled out by a giant bear to just, you know, like, have a fist fight with. I'm not going to say it's entirely impossible, assuming some sort of incredibly cosmic coincidence that causes the bear to, like, just have an aneurysm. But we all know who's winning this. And, you know, Farkel, he's walking up, he's like, you know, at least twice his size in every way that counts. And, well, blue screen of death happens in his brain, you know. (laughs) It really, it really, it really does. Like, you know, uh, compiling error. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just need to submit a crash report on that one because Tor Torrim just completely checks out. Like, he's just. I don't particularly blame him, uh, but anyway, at this point, Thorfinn turns up. Uh, he's riding on horseback. He's making his way for all the men now. I don't know about you, Doc. I don't know about you. But let's assume you're a soldier in an army and you've got a guy on horseback coming at you. Okay. What is what would you do? Name like first thing that pops into your head, what would you do if this person was coming towards you and wanted to, you know, kill you and they were on horseback while you were not? What would you do? What's the first thing that pops into your head? I would duck. I think. You would duck. Since they're like higher than me. You know, and they're gonna swing for my upper. So I would probably I would duck and, or I would try to attack the horse, maybe. Well, uh, that's I suppose technically true because Forkel takes one look at this and he decides to you know uh, <laughs> he decides to channel his full Ken sure Masters on this you can. and he uppercuts <laughs> he uppercuts the horse and sends it six feet in the air. And man, right on the chest. It's like, is that horse gonna like be back next episode with a Sagat style scar across his chest from getting up? I, I, this is the moment where this show peaked in a way that I did not think was gonna be possible. This is the moment that to me, I thought everything that we've dealt with throughout all of these episodes has just been to lead up to watching Forkel up a course. I mean, and I was dying. It's so, ri- it's so ridiculous. It's like, such a fucking ridiculous thing, and I couldn't help but find it funny. Like, it's. I mean, Data rightly says "poor animal" in the chat, but like in these crazy scenes, it's like, okay, this would never happen. It's hilarious. It's hysterical because it's so absurd. It's like when I, mean, uh, I just watched this the other day. It's like when the the first episode of Tiger Mask Double, when the main character suplexes a bear. It's like, of course the bear, but it's no, it's hilarious because he suplexed the bear. Or in Kenichi, Mightiest Disciple, when Kenichi suplexes a shark, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the greatest mm. thing ever. Yeah, or in <laughs> Stardust Crusaders, where mm. uh, Jotaro through Star Planet punches a shark. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sh- I just sharks getting beat up I is ju- always funny. I just, I, I, I was just astounded by it. Okay, so Thorfinn recovers anyway. Uh, I don't know about the horse, but like I say, I think, you know, like if you like horses, then this show is definitely not for you. No. Um, 
And he lays it out, right? You know, Asgard is not my boss. He's my prey. If you touch him, I'll kill you. Uh, which leads to the incredibly deep, like, deeply ironic uh, situation they find themselves in, which is that Thorfinn and Thorkell are going to duel again. And if Thorfinn wins, he will then get the opportunity to duel Askeladd again. Like, you're getting your duels in your duels, mate. Is this like yeah. full Yu-Gi-Oh here? What's going on? Um, but that's the plan. And Askeladd thinks this is completely batshit, but then again, that's been his day from, you know, the moment he woke up to now. Uh... And otherwise, that's pretty much the end of the episode. We leave, you know, leave on the cliffhanger. Such a cliffhanger. And we've got to wait, because thank you for this, Amazon. I'm presuming it's your fault, you dickheads. Uh, we've got to wait, not till next week, but the week after. <sighs> yep. Sucks. Yep. It, it, what else can I say? Oh boy, but what an episode it was. I mean, holy crap. I yeah. I was, like, in, in terms of just raw entertainment value, never mind, like, any of the meaty stuff that we often talk about on Stream of Thought, this episode, like, I think probably was one of the most entertaining of the entire show's run, if not the most. Ah, I see. Uh, I want to just quick, quick shout to uh, Feo in the... Um, in the chat here, who's mentioning there's a sports event being broadcast in Vinland Saga's place. I'm presuming it's not the horse upper cutting uh, championship. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's not. Anyway. Is it the rugby? Is it finally the rugby uh, world cup final? No, uh, the rugby's the rugby's over. Oh, okay. Uh, South Africa won. Okay. Okay. Um, so who knows what it is, uh, but it's stopping us from watching Vinland next week. So we're, and me and Doc will undoubtedly have a discussion after this podcast is over on how we will fill that time. I certainly have a few ideas. But yeah, uh, that brings us to the end of episode 17 of Servants. Now let's go into talking points. Oh boy, do you want to lead off first, Doc, or shall I? Um, well, I will lead off. And my first talking point is that it's pretty cool this episode that we got to see Askeladd take off the Maskelad. Uh... <laughs> he removed the mask I... lad. Oh. Mm. <laughs> that was that was <sighs> Jesus Christ Doc I think you did more harm to me than if I just smoked an entire pack of Marlboros Oh, I'm not sorry. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Um, I... Ah. Well, no, that like that part, like... So, most of my talking points are going to be of this nature, but that part was really fucking cool. Like, mm. so many sort of emotional payoffs, like, that were planted long ago flowered this episode. We just got to see them. Just be like, mm. you know what, Danes? I hate you. You're the worst. And You're all shit. I've just been... <laughs> using you and now i'm gonna cut you up and like this episode like he was like you know guts almost and that he's just like taking everyone on and you see him later with arrows all over him pulling himself to his feet i can't help but be reminded of thor's you have two like, that's the, well that's the de that's definitely the intent behind like, it for sure father figures of uh thorfinn you know, getting, like, full of arrows taken away from him when he doesn't want, like... And yet, Askeladd just being, like... 
this is just it's, just it's like perfect it's perfect because mm. he's not like being redeemed he's not you know uh saying some sort of prayer or like my dying wish is only that you be happy Thorfinn or whatever you know what I mean it's like nope. he is going down in like everyone's sticking to their guns on yeah this. he's he is like ride or die with his convictions like roading the horse he came in on and oh don't say that in this episode man. <laughs> It's probably bad. I didn't do that yeah. on purpose. But but no, it's um it's great and he just he gets to unleash and like we said, like the fact that he really like for just a brief moment showed how badass he was and that that was his undoing. Like mm-hmm. the the one time he um kind of stops being calculated. It's like a microcosm of like this whole thing, right? Like mm. the one time he decides to, uh, you know, like, ah, f- forget the meticulous planning. We're going to go right instead of left down this other path that, you know, led <laughs> to this whole crazy situation. Um, and I just really liked him this episode. Like he's been mm. such like one of the reasons to watch the show. One of the main reasons to uh, yeah. for a long time. And I mean, mm. he's terrible. He's despicable. He's an awful human being. I love watching him, you know? Yeah. His existence serves the wider point the show is making of the the cyclical nature of war and how it changes and corrupts people over time. Uh, Especially the idea of, like, wanting revenge. Like, I mean, Thorfinn wants his revenge on Asgard, but Asgard, in turn, wants his revenge on an entire people. And, you know, he sees a means of which to do that by, you know, fucking around with Canute. Doesn't quite work out, but he's still willing to do it. And he's certainly been using his men all these years to get that. He's never felt any true camaraderie towards them. And that's all because of the circumstances he and his mother found themselves in through no fault of their own. Uh, I mean, there's a very good reason the opening flashback is framed the way it is. Because not only do we get, like, as I mentioned, the shot of Lydia looking like she's barely even, like, Mm -hmm. cognizant of what's going on around her. But then there are shots as well of, like, the thin, like, soup or gruel or whatever he's eating that's being, like, you know, picked up by rats and flies, and it mm-hmm. just kind of puts an equivalence between that those creatures and them that that's the kind of like impoverished existence that they live, mm-hmm. and none of that's their fault. That's Olaf's fault, and he's not even seen in this. He's just you know left them out. He's there, just like, hanging out in stuff. the Frozen in Two the trailer. Oh no! <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that when you said Olaf this time. The fucking snowman. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm horrified. It's all that guy's fault. He's made these poor families oh. suffer. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, moving away from horrific implications of, you know, Frozen X Vinland Saga fanfic. <laughs> uh, thank God for that. Um, no, I, I agree with you. Like, Askeladd, he fits the bill of not, I suppose, a sympathetic villain, but certainly an understandable one. And I think that, that the show is going to in a lot of great care to doing that. Now, apart from the instance I mentioned way back when with episode 8, where that was done out of order relative to the manga, mm-hmm. and I felt that was a detriment because it was building him up to be awesome, when in reality had it been placed at the start, it would have brought him down. Since then, following the ma- what I presume to be the manga's order of events pretty closely... It has kept a good sense of perspective on him. Like, it's had those episodes, for example, with Anne, where we get to see him through her eyes, and it brings us back from, like, you know, getting too close to liking him, but reminding ourselves that he is indeed an 
a wicked and terrible individual. Terrible. The worst. And uh, and as I've said, you know, and this will tie into something I'll talk about in a moment, the fact that had Forfin, you know, not been tied to his own ideals of a sort, he could have prevented all of this. Um, so, yeah, I think the show has done a magnificent job with him of giving us, like, a line of thinking that we can see of how he got to this point, even though it's something we absolutely cannot agree with, especially given all the awful things that he allows to happen or does directly. I mean, way back when, like, you know, I said, well, hey, at least that guy's a rapist. And maybe I'm wrong on that. We don't see it in the show. But he's still certainly, you know, responsible for allowing his men to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the leader. He's accountable in many, many ways, all of them. So... Yeah. How do you feel about him taking up the torch for the for the bald representation? Apparently, I where on earth did Fawfin so, get the idea from? Is it because he has a receding hairline and he's sensitive about it? I feel like that's where the jinx comes is from. Bald. <laughs> look, look, Fawfin, bro. I know, I know, you've got a real, real vengeance boner <laughs> for you know wanting to kill the fuck out of Askeladd. Yeah, just fling um, the term around willy-nilly. You can't you can't casually associate <laughs> someone like him with us fellow ball men. I mean, we've got a bad enough rep by being called skinheads as it is. Let's just be fair here. So uh do do you know do me a favor and just uh you know be careful out what you call him. Like there's plenty of other nasty things you can call him, you know. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. You call All right. Him. Horrible okay. murderer, you know, uh, evil, black-hearted snake, traitor, whatever, but like, yeah. Smug? <laughs> yeah, an asshole. He has, a, he, has a, he has a great moment, by the way, where when Targrim is like looking up at Farkel, and uh, Farkel is like, you know, basically causing him to crap his pants, and he just goes, something sets up, I, I know how you're feeling, uh, Targrim, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's just taking the piss out of him because he knows how screwed he is and I love that silence <laughs> talk to the hand so, it was so good apparently right. Hage is like uh, it was translated as baldy but it's like a, just a way to disrespectfully refer to an old man person um, hmm. and, you know you don't I guess he wouldn't say G-san or OG-san because he hates him or whatever Ah, I see. Fair enough. Um, all right. So, let's talk about the idea of revenge. You know, everyone loves a bit of revenge. It's a dish best served cold. We're gonna plot uh, our revenge on Harmony Gold, starting right now. That's what this is podcast. Oh, is about. oh, oh, oh it's been it's been in the works for a while. <laughs> uh, oh, and by the way, Harmony Gold people, if you happen to listen, go fuck yourselves. Anyway, back on track. Uh, so here's the thing, right? Let's infer something from the way this episode ends. Let's assume somehow, presumably by turning on God Mode or installing that Game Shark of his, that Forfin does manage to outright kill Forkel. I mean, the bookmakers won't take a bet on that, and I sure as shit won't, but let's assume. Askeladd is really, really badly injured at this point. He's, like, mortally wounded, I would argue. I mean, he's got five arrows in him. He's bleeding around. Like, And this, by the way, I should just remind you all, this isn't modern day. This isn't where, like, this isn't even like, you know, Rome or Egypt where they had some understanding of medicine, mm-hmm. like antiseptics, for example. This is in the frozen wilderness of England. Like, the only thing that Asclad is getting is leeches. Leeches galore. 
Pour some. That's all he's gonna pour some boiling wine on it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, either that, or he's gonna have all his wounds cauterized with like a you know a poking iron. Um, but if I had to rate his odds, bearing my my medical knowledge starts and ends with what I learned playing theme hospital when I was a kid, uh, I would rate his odds of survival as being slim to fucking none. And maybe he will. But the thing is, right? What we've seen here is just how quickly things can turn to the point where. Thorfinn's chance for revenge is slipping away from him and it's left, it's going to leave him with nothing. He's going to have nothing as a result of this and it's going to get him nothing if he does kill him. And this is all because of him holding on to that damn code of honour. But then of course if Asclad does survive will he ever be able to fight again? We don't know. I don't think it's likely to be quite honest. So what happens then? Is he just going to say well I obviously can't kill you now because you can't fight me. I know, he's going to be unhappy. yeah, like, it just takes one little moment like that for everything that Thorfinn has worked for just to be almost torn away from him. And it really just goes to show how pointless this whole thing is, especially the whole idea of doing it honourably. Like, I've critiqued Thorfinn's actions before, not as a bad part of the show, by the way, but just as a failure of his character, an understandable one given all he's been through, that he should have killed Askeladd a long time ago. Honour be damned. And indeed, I'll get inside in a moment, like about how, you know, Finland saga is critiquing this whole belief and honor system and even religion as like, you know, a complete waste versus the reality in front of you. Like, it he should have done it a long, long time ago, and now because of all of that year all those years holding on to that, you know, code of honor, it's got him nothing. All it's gonna leave him with is, you know, well, possibly being killed by Forkel. So, wasted life, basically. Or, he, you know, he kills Farkel, and then he might not even have the chance to kill Asgard before he dies in his sleep from, you know, septicemia or something. His fucking leg rots off, who knows? It's... Yeah, it, this is the thing, Andy, like... Because Thorfinn, like, yeah. you know, he had that idea of his father, of being as good as he was, and he can't believe that Asgard beat him in a fair fight. Because it wasn't no. a fair fight, of course. Right. But that's the thing, like, I think that Vinland Saga overall, like, it continues to build on this idea of critiquing, like, honor systems, codes, religion even. Like, how many religious precepts do all of these people have that amount to nothing? Christianity certainly hasn't helped Canute, it hasn't helped the priest, the priest has been critiquing it. You know, Avalon, this mystical place uh, that Asclad thinks of, has brought him nothing. Mm -hmm. He himself has come to the end of his road here, pretty much, and he's got nothing to show for it. It... All of these systems of belief, whether they're religious or not, whether it's based on honor or anything else, have brought nothing good to any of these people here. Now, you might think to yourself, well, that's a bit harsh, you know, religion's not all bad, to which I'd agree. But I think that, you know, in the circumstances this is being portrayed in this time of, you know, English history, it's just showing it for what it really is, in that it's not sufficient versus, you know, Firstly, off of being, you know, caring about your fellow man, but also being pragmatic enough to defend yourself and do what's necessary, even if it's perhaps dishonorable or against religion, to make, a, you know, to do a lesser evil to prevent a greater one. That's my that's my feeling on it. There's a lot to unpack from it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not even done yet with uh, Asgard, who is still very much alive, but yeah, nothing good has come of any of this, save for Forkel punching a horse. <laughs> right. Oh. Um. Just hold on just a sec. Nope.
one's ringing Doc to give him Vinland's uh, saga spoilers. I hope he doesn't pick up the phone. Okay. It was it was no one important. I just didn't want the uh, the ring to uh, to disturb the <laughs> it was, subtle. It, it was it, soothing. It was going to be Vinland saga spoilers. He was just going to start <laughs> yelling stuff down the phone. Um, Borkel marries the horse. <laughs> oh my god. Big spoilers. Uh, so I think the show is actually doing something really interesting with the notion of revenge, like you talked about. Um, hmm. How in a single moment, like this, this whole thing came uh, came tumbling down, and you know, I think like it's really sort of easy for us to see, at least for us. Uh, from where we sit to look at kind of how the show critiques Christianity and says like, oh, like this belief system is found wanting. People believe in it die. It's so fragile. Like it, you know, comes down around you. But like Thorfinn's belief system, you know, even though he kind of has backed it up with, with a knife rather than like a, you know, a cross and, and prayer, it still came down around him just as easy. It still mm-hmm. Call, collapsed. All of it. Yeah. Like it was still just as fragile. So like <clears throat> so I'm glad that they've um I think I think this is an important move to uh get to the thing that you've been talking about for so long that the show is not necessarily just going to talk about religion, but talk about kind of systematic thought in general when it comes mm-hmm. to um, like uh, this really kind of strict uh, moral and ethical norms and making black and white, yeah, making these choices based on uh, kind of abstractions rather than on the ground pragmatic considerations. Like, mm-hmm. and I, that appears to be what what they're going after now <clears throat> excuse me i have a little i have a touch of the sick um <laughs> i do i do a touch of the sick is that the uh is that what it's called in the dsm4 mm-hmm. yep um you, you know it's uh may may lead to someone wearing plaid a significant amount of the time and drinking a lot of diet coke which uh is not me oh well, that is me. That's no, for that sure. is definitely that me. <laughs> um, is, well, I'm doing the same. To be fair, but uh, we're also chilly for product uh, sponsorship from Coca-Cola. Coke. Athens. We out here, nonstop rocking. Hit us up. Uh, no, so you talked about like having no benefit, right? Um, this is where I think I might be getting hung up. Uh, like. Is there any tangible benefit to Askeladd's mom believing in Avalon and believing that uh, Artorius lives there and that there's a land of plenty and green? I mean, it's not going to like put more food on her table. It's I think you know what I mean for her. For her, like the benefit of it is basically as a kind of like blind faith versus again the reality that's in front of them. Because you can tell she's been through some rough shit, so she didn't have that to hang on to. Yeah. She probably, yeah, she would probably, I don't know what she'd do, she'd probably just go into despair. Uh, yeah. God knows what could happen. Yeah, I mean, this is... Um, pleasant one way or the other. 
yeah so i think this is kind of what i'm what i want to get at is that like for Askeladd, for Thorfinn, for Askeladd's mother, for various families in the show, um, these kind of systems uh, and systematic thinking about the world, you know, maybe they don't like make it less cold or, like I said, put more food on their table or uh, give them gold. But I think there is something to be said for having like hope and a purpose. Like, even if, I don't know, I mean, do what, this is a weird, I guess, thing to say, but like, um, you know, Askeladd, maybe Askeladd's a bad example, but like, I, I don't know, maybe these, these characters that have a, a purpose, like, and have hope, like, maybe their lives are kind of able to be more fulfilling, or like you said, they don't just fall into despair. Mm. Um. I don't know. I'm I'm still not sure. And I think this is like a credit to the anime in some ways. Um, I'm still not sure if like a character's dying is the anime going, um, well, they're wrong. You know, I think Yeah, look 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 what led them to this point. Yeah. Yeah. But but I do agree with you that the show I think is saying like systematic thought and making choices based on abstract morality uh, and universals does lead you, or like it, that won't always save you from pain. It is going to lead you into a bad way. Like it is fragile. It is, I mean, no matter how Teflon and and tough it is and how much you think it armors you, you're going to still get hurt or killed. I think that, I mean, that I think is for sure, but is that by itself enough to be like, okay, these things are bad and you shouldn't do them and you should definitely be a totally pragmatic mm. atheist or something like that? I'm going to say no, if only because bear in mind the name of the show and yeah. where we're going to end up. Finland right. itself is a concept that hasn't, we haven't even made landfall on it yet. Whether or not we even will before the series is over is up for debate in my opinion. Will they get off the boat? <clears throat> oh, <laughs> oh! Well, uh, we'll find out in like you know seven, eight years' time when we get round to Vinland Saga season two, of course. Not because they can't do it any sooner, but just because they're being procrastinated, you know. Hey, you know what? I'm very, I'm very much ready for Thorfinn's guest appearance in a new Idol Master series. So let's go with that. I agree. Uh, so, like, I think that. Because currently Vinland is not actually... A, like, mm-hmm. Thorfinn's had ideas and dreams of it, but it's not the thing that occupies his consciousness. The only thing that occupies his consciousness every waking moment of the day, apart from basic survival instincts like, you know, eating and such, is killing Askeladd. So I think that maybe the idea is not so much that, you know, rigid thinking in general is bad, but rather that if there is a an alternative that can lead to a better outcome for us, we shouldn't be so dismissive offhand, even if it's something even if the thing that currently drives us, that really pushes us, is so deeply ingrained into who we are and what we've been for most of our lives. We have to be open to new ideas. Uh, that could be one way of looking at it, certainly. What? So in chat, um, Andy and Dana are talking about Askeladd's relationship to Canute. Um, mm. What do you think is going on there? I mean, do you do you agree that 
you know, Askeladd wants Canute to be Artorius come again for for Wales. Well, the thing is, uh, Canute wouldn't be the king of Wales, though, would he? Uh, so you'd have to consider in the context of becoming king of the Danes. Mm-hmm. And part of me wonders if maybe this is his way of getting his own little bit of revenge on them, because if he basically teaches Canute to be as like him, you know, mm-hmm. a bastard, you know, what's that going to cause? It's going to cause that, you know, the Danes just keep sending all of their men and such into war and getting everyone killed. It's going to make life miserable for the English, make life miserable for them. Uh, it's going to just promote more and more conflict. It's going to be like his passing shots to the world to leave this kid behind who is as awful as he is. And it's going to keep perpetuating the same stuff that caused him to become who he was in the first place. Maybe he's not even necessarily doing it consciously. Maybe it's just like, you know, a kind of, you know, deep reserve spite Mm -hmm. that's coming out there. But because Canute is a Dane, I don't believe he's doing any any of this out of, you know, the good grace of his heart for Canute's sake. Uh, I mean, granted, we did discuss in the previous episodes as well that the idea might have been to put Canute on the throne so that way they can have the non-aggression pact with Wales. Right. Um, and maybe that's Ascalad's, you know, trying to harden him so that way, you know, he can become a stronger person in his eyes and then have some kind of gratitude to him for that. It could be a number of things. Um, I personally would, if I were him, would not, you know, put too much faith in, like, that kid holding any sort of non-aggression pact. Mainly because, well, when you're a king, yeah, sure, you can tell people what to do. But more often than not, if you've got a general or two in your army, well, you know, they're pretty ambitious, you know, they've got a fair few soldiers under their command, and they see you're a bit, you know, a bit weak looking, perhaps? They might have the bigger army rulers, as uh, CGB Cray once put it. You know, it doesn't matter if you keep the king or not. You're one person. I've got a thousand people outside, and we're just ready to go on in and have a little party here. <laughs> so... Could be could be any number of things, but I I think that you know Asgard's intentions are whatever way you want to slice it, not for the benefit of Denmark or Canute specifically. They're either to serve his own ends in terms of getting Wales off the hook from being attacked by the Danes again, or simply just to you know let the cycle continue and cause you know Denmark to continue to go to war mm. and let all the people like all these people they send off be killed, all that sort of stuff. Um, I agree with what Dan just said. I don't think uh, Asgard actually believes that Artorius... I think it serves as much of a faith system as it did for his mother. Mm. Um, something, you know, to give him an anchorage to, like, his past. Something to believe in rather than just going completely off the deep end, as she might very well have done. Right. So uh, what we do know so far is from a couple episodes back when Asgard had the conversation, I think it was with Thorfinn, in the moonlight, that he believes that a current cycle that they're in is coming to an end. And I think he believes his own life like is in twilight and, mm-hmm. you know, here the prince falls into his lap. And I think he just, all the circumstances have kind of converged and come together. And he feels like mm. I have to make this play for Wales. I think that's what we know. Which is why he then decides to go for the try, you know, gets all the way across yeah. the field and then lands it. That <laughs> is a rugby player, damn it. So, That's more beyond, to be fair. So, like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, it's clear he thinks Canute is not, like, ideal for whatever kind of, like, thing that he wants to set up. He's not an mm-hmm. ideal king. 
And that's why, you know, he killed Ragnar. He wants him to toughen up and, you know, learn to be different somehow. We don't really know how that would have played out. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure how kind of his his thing about Avalon and Artorius fits in with his plans so much as like, I mean, certainly we see that for his mother, it was a way to hope. And I don't know, maybe that's just like a thing that has been getting Askeladd through the night <laughs> all these years. Who, who can say? Um, I mean, he certainly cared a lot for his mother to have brought her back as he did in the flashback we had, I think at the start of the second core. So yeah. Um, but yeah, like say, all of this, it's just unraveling before them, and it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty much for nothing in the end. Um, in fact, you know what's kind of funny? You know how I've complained in the past uh, about this show being said the point is in time because its anti-war message is lost when you realize the march of history and all the various events that follow, not least of which being in Vinland, i.e. America itself. Mm-hmm. I recall. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But maybe, you know, now that I think about it, if I flip my perspective on this, the whole pointlessness of everything, that's the point, you know, mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, it was stupid, then it'll continue to be stupid, and maybe we should, you know, stop being stupid and letting these things repeat. Yeah. Learn, learn from history, etc. I mean, your mileage is going to vary on this, because I still think there's some credence to my criticism of, you know, it's like, like I've said, when I've compared it against sci-fi works, which are set a... a firstly, in a fictional place and be in a timeline that hasn't crossed yet, they become cautionary uh, in the sense that we, you know, we have the power to prevent this from happening. Whereas the key here, difference here is that this has already happened and everything between now and our current time has happened. Mm-hmm. So clearly that lesson wasn't learned and it doesn't seem to have quite the same impact. It's a lot more pessimistic. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's still a lesson worth telling, and I think Vinland Saga is telling it very well indeed, both in terms of, like, its uh, macro level, which is to say all the stuff it's doing to all the countries and such, mm-hmm. uh, but also on the micro level, as we see with uh, Forth and Canoe and Asgard. You know, even the villain, even he is a, a product of his time, mm-hmm. you know, rather than... Well, I'm not going to say he doesn't have, you know, free will, or, you know, that he doesn't choose to be, you know, the awful person he is. Right. You know... You can understand how those things formed in his head over time to make him think it's so easy just to simply go, you know, I'll just go rob that other village. I'll kill all of them, take all the women. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. happened to me, this why happened to me as a kid. Right. So I became who I am. I don't see why what the big deal is. Or like we need to live, so let's do this horrible thing this one time. We need to pose for a Viking rap album cover. <laughs> Do you remember oh, that? Yes, that's another that that's great. another peak moment in the, in this show's run. By the way, there's probably been quite a fair few of them. If I must be honest, it's been ten, uh, not even ten a... episodes since then. <laughs> so we were due for yeah, another one. Wow, we are. Anyway, uh, I'm done on that particular point. Do you have any more, Doc? Uh, for that point, no. I mean, I have other points. Um, here's one. Here's one of a point, lad. Uh, so what do you think Asklad meant when? He, he's talking to his men. I don't remember exactly what point this was. It was before he had been felled by arrows, so he was still up. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember if he had started killing people yet, but he said, it looks like you didn't have enough faith. He said that to Torgrim. Uh, mm. What 
do you think's going on there? <laughs> was that just a I think, I think, I think, I think, I think it's just faith in him, like faith in him as a leader. Mm. Um, I think it's really just as simple as that. Um, although ironically, I suppose you could say that Tate Orgrim said, Hey, I'm, I'm sick with the status quo. I'm sick of death of the status quo, which was something I was saying that the show's promoting. And that's also fucked him over. So maybe a teensy little contradictory there. I don't know. Yeah. I was just curious. I'm, cause I, I'm, answers on the postcard folks. <laughs> yeah. I honestly just don't know, uh, what, what exactly was happening. Maybe I'm just dense, but it, it got by me. I think I think um, I mean Feos just said it. Yeah, I didn't foster faith, man. But yeah, I I as I say, like you know, I think that maybe it was more just the case that you know, uh, it was just belief from his men. He didn't have enough. Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, that makes sense. I'm I've got a talking point now, and this is going to be an open kind of debate one. I'm not really kind of got a perspective I figured out yet. But we need to talk about Farkel for a second because. You know, in the when you critique a work, sometimes you have to take a perspective that you might not necessarily want to agree with, just to try and play it from a devil's advocate perspective. So I want to ask a question here, right? With everything we've seen of Falkel in the run from Vinland Saga, from the from the start of his first appearance to now, and all the crazy stuff that he's done, where he almost becomes like a cartoon character, including playing battleships, inventing the kebab, and then also uppercutting a horse, and all of those very things he's mm-hmm. done. Do you think it might actually be doing Dim Vinland Saga disservice to see him portrayed in such a manner? Where he is that cartoonish, that overblown, that, you know, larger than life, relative to the otherwise, like, you know, fairly muted and, like, level tone of all the other characters? I don't think so, because he is uh, outsized just enough to be godlike to the people in the universe but he's Mm. not i don't feel doing anything like sort of marvel superhero ish you know he's not like i know but i mean like he's a really big guy he's like twice the size of the horse and uh he, he throws tree trunks around (laughs) and pale boats with (laughs) i know but it's not it's not as uh, to me, like it's just, just enough to be like, okay, here is a like legendary figure in Viking lore, maybe that maybe in some kind of historical mm-hmm. retelling, it's outsized or I don't know. Like it, it doesn't strike me as um, yeah, it it doesn't um diminish the message because I mean the message to me still comes through pretty loud and clear. Uh, it it does make action scenes uh cooler and funner sometimes, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, no, not necess- not necessarily, but this kind of feels like it's on the same uh wavelength as the problem I mentioned, where we're making Asgard too awesome. Uh, specifically with the adaptation problem of putting Episode Eight where it was rather than being the first one, uh, as it was in the manga. Like, look at how awesome these guys are, but they're doing awful stuff. I mean, Falkel is massacring people. And he's killing unarmed prisoners. And, you know, he's not a good person in his own right either. I mean, he's doing all this just for giggles, just to entertain himself, really. And also, you know, gain to Valhalla. But that, I would argue, doesn't really wash as an excuse for doing what he's doing. He's certainly not got any, like, deep abiding principles or desire to help people. 
He's just killing because he enjoys the killing, and killing's what he's good at. Yeah, but un- and- unlike a giant robot, it's harder to think he's cool. Because a, a, a machine doing cool things and blowing things up, like, um, like you could admire the beauty of a tank or a gun or whatever, or a big robot, because it's just a machine. You could be like, oh, that's so cool. But, like, mm-hmm. it's harder to me to think Thorkel is cool, because, like, Thorkel is a dude making the choice like there's no there's nothing sort of super added to him that you can he is just Mm. the dude who's doing all the killing and like the scenes like they're sort of like awe-inspiring to watch in the way that he's able to to deal death but like i don't know i'm not like i want to be thorkel when i grow up (laughs) he's so cool I definitely don't want to, you know, if I ever have kids of my own and I ever, you know, introduce them to Vinland Saga, uh, you know, when we're all living, like, you know, on the moon or whatever. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I will make sure to say to some kids, don't do like him. Don't be punching that horse out there. <laughs> Never. You want to play battleships? Play the little game. You don't actually throw at the ship. So I don't know why my accent changes. It must be the moon does some shit. Anyway. <clears throat> Never uppercut a yeah. horse. But also, like, okay, so w- what Dana is saying, like, makes me wonder like if um a show that is all about like the hopelessness and shittiness of war needs like a Thorkel because he is like the product like he's like the er product of it. Like if mm-hmm. if there was not war uh being so awful and profitable and uh this thing that like kings and powerful people are obsessed with, then this like huge killing machine who you know killed for no reason like wouldn't exist or wouldn't have existed or wouldn't have the opportunity to do everything that he's doing um mm-hmm. but we also really see a lot of consequences for Valkel's actions where everyone else like clearly has suffered in some way or another because what they're doing or in turn they are presented on um, fairly ambiguously as being you know terrible people like Vasclad like it to me I'm not really agreeing with the point I'm even making here. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to cover this from all yeah, angles yeah, yeah. to give it a fair shake. I hear you. Because uh, I'm not going to lie, I am incredibly entertained by what Thorkel. He's a ray of sunshine in this show, and maybe that makes me feel bad. It's problematic. It's one of those, it's one of those problematic things where you can still enjoy your work even though you admit it's not quite right. Sure. But like, seeing, seeing that Thorkel doesn't have any real consequences for his actions, like, you know... He succeeds at pretty everything he sets his mind to. The only time he's even been remotely set back is when he lost his fingers. And even then he was like, please? Oh, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, the, the, even when he got stabbed through there, like, you know, with Thorfinn's dying, like, n- nothing has phased him thus far. And every time he's, like, you know, been doing stuff, he's just been very jolly. He's been eating his way through all of, you know, the local towns. He's been having a cracking time doing all this. Despite the fact that he, as I say, is massacring more people, than, or if not as many people as, you know, other forces in this show. But for him, like, you know, he's not presented necessarily even as a bad person. Um, yeah, there's almost, like, but, a touch of innocence about him. Almost. He's very childlike, mm-hmm. I would argue. Mm-hmm. He he he's enjoying it like, you know, as if it's a game. But again, like that's why I wonder, is it appropriate for him to be presented thusly when the show otherwise with other uh you know characters such as Askeladd make it very clear that there have been quite substantial consequences both personally and to other people for the what they've been doing. Well if if you need a almost a cosmic kind of death dealer figure to mete out consequences in the show because 
that's all he's done is just like he is consequences <laughs> like hello my name is so he's a, so so maybe it's you know not to maybe view him as a character but more as a force of nature uh, like maybe, almost you know but maybe maybe as an avatar like you know of the inevitable you know fate that they all face for the the actions they've done that you know, for all that they profit stuff was someone that bigger and stronger is gonna just come and get you anyway. I don't know if that's like for the whole Fiends and yeah, ideas yeah, yeah. and meaning and yeah. shit. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if that's like for the whole series, but like for this episode, I think that describes him perfectly because that scene where everybody throws down their weapons um is incredibly powerful, I think. Like just to mm. see them all dropping. Because there's so many of them, like if they hadn't didn't have such like deeply implanted fear in their souls like maybe they could have done mm. something but like this raw force of nature like you said it's like they're uh they're at the gallows it's like the guillotine is hanging over all of them they're just i mean that mm. it paralyzes thorgrim completely like yeah this episode he he very much is like that mhm sounds about right all right maybe that maybe that's it then maybe it's just simply a case that we need to distinguish between when we analyze characters as characters and characters as concepts. Maybe that's more the idea with Forkel, rather than him existing in the same kind of uh, plane of existence, if you want to speak, call it that, as Forfin and Canute and Askeladd, who are meant to be interpreted, critiqued, and passed as actual people, rather than Forkel, who seems to be channeling his you know, massive amounts of Popeye energy in everywhere he goes. Um, so in chat, they're saying like, well, so Askeladd's men are hypocrites because they don't want to die, even though they believe in Valhalla. Um, mm -hmm. I do like, I think they forget, they, they forget, lets you down. Well, I think that that's, it so it is accurate to say they're hypocrites, but like, I don't think, I don't think the show thus far anyway, to me has been like true believers are rewarded and hypocrites are punished because like true believers have gotten fucked super hard <laughs> oh <laughs> you know? yeah so. oh you know this this kid who i've picked up he's meant to like you know replace my deceased son john I, I will care for him and feed him and oh my god he helped burn my village down how could have seen this coming yeah oh no yeah. whoops yeah and that was through that wasn't through like a like a fault um in uh in that woman or in that family it was just because mm -hmm. you know she is because faith is just not enough to save her from the awfulness of war right yep oops <sighs> sad the show is that, sad it's such a down it is it is a bit of a downer but like i say i, I think that you know I think it's not necessarily saying that all belief systems are bad and all, you know, uh, mm -hmm. like lines of rule-based thinking, like, you know, are also wrong. But rather, I think it just asks that you, you know, take a little bit of a self-reflective moment here and say, am I doing what's necessarily best myself here? Mm. You know, is this is this a good life that I'm leading? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Thorfinn's life thus far. Uh, kill, 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 kill. Also, it turns out you can use throwing knives. <laughs> you really, yeah. 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 He leveled up. He leveled up enough to unlock that particular talent, and he's put enough, you know, points in it, so it's actually really effective now. Kunai time. I mean, heck, yeah. I mean, I mean, heck. Next thing you know, he'll be able to teleport. <laughs> Stop. 
Uh, did, <laughs> did you did you enjoy the part as much as I did when uh, when uh, Thorgrim has been singled out by Thor's and I'm sorry by um Thorkel and Thorkel has given him the axe and he's like steps away and starts like prepping and he's like humming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had, so I had a good chuckle with that. I, when are we getting, I mean, I said this on Twitter, but when are we getting for Kel's like seven minute workout video? I know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> left. Right. Left. Right. Welcome All right, to we're, 10 we're, minute abs do- with Orkel. <laughs> all right, everyone. We were all nice and warmed up. Now let's go kill him. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's, it's the one, it's the one, you know, video where you can not only do your delts, but you can also, you know, commit mass murder. It's a very niche market, but it works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh so let me see. Uh I talked about that point. Do you what's your next talking point? I'm actually uh pretty much all talked out for talking points. Um I know that's uh, hard to believe, folks, because I can run my mouth pretty well. But yeah, I, I've said all I really want to say on this particular episode. Uh, at least until we get to our patron questions. Of yeah, right, right. So um, I do think it's like it was, you know, it's a good job on the uh, Thorfinn voice actor because the the screams and the yelling, like that was pretty intense. And it was pretty close to Macanjo levels. He was getting, he was very very close to going was, full survive. Said the prophet. It was maybe maybe really good. Of them. It was really really good. Like and uh, the way that they drew his face, like so kind of. Um, grotesquely intense you know very like yeah like all tense uh-huh, just like lots of lines and like a very hard experience like yeah he was just like almost like the veins about to pop out I know, of his head i know and then try and strangle Ascalad. of it course. was great it was great so all right uh let's get to our our patron question indeed so we have two this week if i'm not mistaken uh the first one comes from uh you know sound gentleman blinkaji here you know a fictionado of midland side uh, and he goes something like beyond Discuss Bjorn. Understand Bjorn. Bjorn Bjorn. Which I thought was him like, you know, Bjorn Bjorn. Do 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 do. Do 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 So, Bjorn is actually like, you know, the counter argument, I suppose, to the idea of Lascard not inspiring enough faith in his men, because he clearly does have faith in him. But like, something that has been noted by other people, and I think that we brought briefly, is that for all that Bjorn's initial like portrayal in this show has been basically as the you know the grunt work guy, like you know he's just muscle really, he's a bouncer. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dana, that that is incredible. Bjorn is a, just a magical mushroom girl. It's true. I. It's true. True, like. You can have my role on the podcast because true words are never getting said on Vinland Saga again. You've you've nailed it. That's that's a that's a stunner of a of a point there. Um, but yeah, um, beyond like you know he is initially portrayed as just being dumb muscle, but he clearly has a lot more perspective on it. And even now, like as I said, he recognizes that hey, you know what, we can take four Kel in the fight. What are our alternatives here? If you dick around trying to kill Askeladd now, you're gonna die. Like either Askeladd will kill you or Farkel will kill you. So you know, pick your poison here, motherfuckers. So he has the very right idea of going for that. And 
I'm very curious to see what his ultimate fate will be because if you think about it, like he and Thorfinn actually occupy a kind of similar position of mm -hmm. trailing behind and following Askeladd's weight just for very different reasons, but with the same kind of degree of fervor. Indeed, they're often referred to in the same senses, such as when Askeladd says, Bjorn and Thorfinn are quite good, they will get you. So, you know, once Askeladd dies, uh, Thorfinn will be set free after a fashion. Um, what happens to Bjorn? Will he have the initiative of his own to do what he needs to now survive in this world? Will he take over from Ask, uh, you know, Askeladd's remaining men? How, how will he do this? Like, it'll be fascinating to see how he deals with this, not just because he's an interesting character in his own right, but to see how it diverges and contrasts to Thorfinn's you know, eventual path once they leave Askeladd behind. I don't think he's making it out of this alive. That's my... You think? Oh no! Well, what do you do? You reckon he's gonna? Do you reckon he's gonna OD? <laughs> I I I see him. Uh, he's totally OD do, doing the whole mm -hmm. like, you know. All right, Thorfinn, take Canute and go. I'll hold them off. No, I want to just go. <sighs> Shoves him out of the way, puts the last of his mushrooms in, and just becomes like nude red Kratos. And starts <laughs> annihilating people. <laughs> I need brain bleach for that image. Jesus Christ, you make oh fuck, you make him sound like just a giant inflated hot dog wiener. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking yeah. hell. Um oh, uh, the way I see it happening is uh he will he'll fight off, of course, the men that are in, like around Canute and the priest. Uh, and then Falkel will catch him eventually, and he's like, oh shit. He's taken over mushrooms to be ready for this, but he opens up his pouch. It's not there. No. no, we need another Senzu bean. No. <laughs> like just just at the last possible moment, he just runs out, and that's when he turns to you know the camera and says, "Have you been in a situation like this? Do you need mushrooms delivering fast? Consider subscribing to Amazon Prime." <laughs> the one button click, like yeah, the, oh, he has a dashboard <laughs> for mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> He's just there constantly pressing it. Uh, I, I never get bored of Bjorn, just goes through mushrooms like water jokes. I can just imagine like a giant truck just pouring them into his mouth. Yep. Yep. Oh, so I, I think it is um really cool and interesting that like a couple of the characters with um kind of the most like ironclad like commitments are these horrible dudes that are just mm. thieves and mercs, you know, Askeladd and Bjorn, like, and like I said last time, you know, Bjorn has been one of the only people, even during the good times to like push back on Askeladd's ideas. He's not, he's not a blind yes man, mm -hmm. but like he uh, is clearly like, loyal to the person of of Askeladd more so than like mm. gold or some kind of like uh political ideal or whatever he's like this guy like I've made my decision and so rain or shine like I will be with him even if it means I gotta fight this like hopeless battle because that's what I decided to do and that's very sort of noble and what you'd expect from like you know a knight a king but you just have mm. like this berserker guy who's like a you know a hired muscle almost like second in command to this like nobody mercenary and he's like the most honorable dude in the show 
from that perspective. But uh, still awful. I mean, has this honor, but like, oh yeah, a, you know, pillager, plunderer, killer, like all of the above. But like this, like one commitment. You know, it's it's uh, it's quite something to see, and um, it can be hard to wrap your brain around. But like, I don't know. Um, I think this is just like who he is as a as a man, like as a person. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, that covers my thoughts on uh, Bjorn. Um, thank you very much for throwing mm-hmm. that question. Has always been Kaji. Uh, we have one more. This comes from uh, the ever lovely Mirror on the Wall. What did you think was the funniest part of the episode? Well. <laughs> No, no surprises for guessing what I think the funniest part was because it actually made me stop the episode for a solid minute while I was belly laughing <laughs> at just the absurdity of it. Although something I haven't disclosed, something I haven't disclosed, I really should. As the horse was running up, or like you know, galloping up to Farkel, I thought, "Is he going to punch the horse? Is he going to punch the horse?" Please let it happen. Not because I like to see animals get hurt, because it would be so absurd and. <clears throat> God bless you, Finland Saga. You delivered. You delivered one of the most absurd, stupid things <laughs> I've seen in an anime all year, if not possibly ever. I mean, I mean, I've seen some goofy shit it's real good. in anime. But the thing is, I enjoyed it immensely. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't laughing at it in kind of a mocking kind of way where I was just like, it's not like, you know, watching Fitoshi carry the fucking bread out of the no. of the bunk or whatever or other stupid shit. I, I laughed my ass off at it. And I don't think there's going to be another moment like that in the remainder of the show's run. I think we peaked as far as, oh my God. Like this, this kind of thing used to be like what I always looked for in anime like what my favorite thing about anime like i would just like seek out these like what the fuck moments like at you know at the end of getter robo armageddon when Mm. getter one cuts a planet in half with an axe or like in like the suplexing a shark we mentioned or um yeah uh god damn it i had another one um, I'm thinking, uh, for, for some reason, it just pops my head of uh, Marco from uh, Kill the Kill <laughs> punching that guy. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Although, although Marco in general is is pretty incredible. Or like in Gal Gygar when they show the real reason the dinosaurs died. Like, it wasn't a meteor that crashed onto Earth. It was like these two robots that got uh, sent through a time portal back to when the dinosaurs were alive and they and they oh, crashed into the oh, surface oh. of the earth that was the meteor that killed the dinosaur i know the, oh oh it's also equivalent to and i know you're very fond of smoke do you remember you watched delta and the uh machina yes. and uh, raider blew, blew yes. up the hole in the wall that became cat yes. shapes yes and of course all the cat puns i mean just that's that cat- absurd yeah. stuff oh the only in anime could you get this sort of stuff i mean like macross quarter like surfing and punching a thing like incredible yes (laughs) incredible yes i mean if i may point something out actually now that we've brought this up uh, which i think is really noteworthy i think that thus far in this show a lot of what's happened in it like you could probably translate it to live action pretty much note for note with certain concessions for going to that particular format versus what we have here I cannot imagine how you would trans, you know, change like Farkel punching a horse to live action. Absurd as it is, and cruel as it is, arguably, it could only exist in animation. Things like that, are, like you know, the little flavor that like you know makes anime distinct. So 
yeah, for me, it's it's no contest. It really, although I will give a you know a shout out and a bonus prize to, of course, the scene of Asgard just coldly roasting uh, Torga by saying, "You have my sympathies." <laughs> it's really good. Yep, it's really really, really good. Like Asgard's like. He's a multi-talented guy, but his level of smugness mm-hmm. is just great. Way up here. Mwah. Way up here. I and, love and it. The, the gleeful Thorkel like, workout bit is... It's up there. It's up there. <sighs> I, I, I love it. Like, like the man even needs to work out when his opponent is, like, well, you know, he's, he's, he's had a bowel he's evacuation like... that he didn't plan for. Yeah, I would have checked out too, if I'm quite honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Indeed. Mm. All right, well, thank you very much, Mira, for uh, throwing in that question there. So if you've enjoyed us talking about patron questions and you'd like in turn to, you know, ask us what our feelings are about, you know, is, as someone suggested in the chat, is beyond best waifu, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or anything like that, you know, we can you can ask us anything about the show you want. It can be a very serious topic, like, you know, about the anti-war messages, or it can just be goofy stuff like, you know, what's your favourite Pokemon? Uh, why not consider becoming a patron? You get yourself in there, you know, get yourself in for as little as $2 a month, uh, get yourself access to a load of other really cool features beyond that. You get uh, exclusive access to early material, uh, both for ongoing shows, and also stuff like, you know, requests, uh, Tokyo Godfathers is now out, so if you want to, you know, have a go at looking at a, a Satoshi Kon film, which also features a lot of Big Four Kel energy, I would say, in certain <laughs> respects. Yeah, uh, That's the phrase I'm coining now, Big Four Kel energy, because it, it's true, he channels his own energy. Big that TK. Uh, then, oh, Big T. Man. Uh, yeah, definitely have a look at that on our Patreon, uh, which is, of course, at patreon.com uh, forward slash warriedesho. All right, then. Uh, well, with that uh, done, we're pretty much at the end of the episode now, so I think it's probably about time we firstly revisited the polls and then offered our ratings. Yes, yeah, so I'm refreshing now. Here are the polls. There are four polls this week. Ahem. So, poll number one. How boss is Shadon's new room? Oh, that's kind of you. Uh, so far in the early days, there's a tie uh, between... Ooh. Big Boss and Bossa Nova. Uh, well, if I if I had an eye patch, I actually could probably do a reasonably good uh-huh. Big Boss, although I would need hair as well, a mullet. Um, but uh, I, I will take that nonetheless. Thank you for that, folks. Uh, trailing behind are So Boss and Boss Nass. <laughs> did you say Boss Nass? I did Nass say Boss Nass from Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, you. Like, fuck <laughs> you. Try this. Try Trying to skirt that one under the radar. <laughs> saying that my saying that my room looks like, you know, what you get if you put a frog in the microwave for just long enough. Must be punished. Punished. Yeah. You and I are having um, words after this podcast is over, mate. I'm telling you that. Poll number two. Um, when you see someone falling in slow motion, does Yoko Kato and the seatbelts green bird run through your head? Uh, so far, 100% say always. Yes. I mean, come on. Like... I, I'm usually okay with putting polls up, like, you know, where there's, a, you know, a possibility for, like, differences of opinion. It's not like I'm going to ask you, is red red or something like that. But this is an obvious one, you know. Yeah, this is a no-brainer. Don't, 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 don't be a 2 plus 2 equals 5 <laughs> person, you know. I'm just going to say, you, you've been warned. Unless you're a Radiohead fan, then that's, then you can be that. Uh, Fucking poll. Poll okay. 3. Uh, did the show peak when Thorkel uppercut off the horse? 
Uh, 67% say Shoryuken. They agree, yes. And what were the others? Uh, Neh is the only other choice. Uh, Obviously, the answer you should have put was Neh. <laughs> God damn it. I fucked up. Um, poll number four. All things considered, how do you feel about Askeladd? And the choices are, he's awful, but I love him, and I can't bring myself to like. And so far, 100% of the votes uh, in early days say, he's awful, but I love him. And that's where I would vote. Mm. Oh, that's our Askeladd. That's our Askeladd. <laughs> Askeladdy. Uh, I'm trying to bring up the chat. Okay, and those are the polls. So please go out and vote at Watery Desho. Indeed. Thank you very much, everyone who's voted thus far. Uh, right then, let's round out and rate the episode, mm-hmm. Doc. So uh, I'll let you go first. Oh, I mean, this one, this was the full five for me. Uh, f- wow. Five. A full- yeah, yeah. Five, Um, you know, uh, big Thorkel energy workouts out of five. Uh, like, <laughs> it, it, you know, like I, I love, I love the, the fuckery that is uppercutting the horse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and how can you how can you put it as anything else? Let's it is. This is straight fuckery. Oh man! And everything else of like uh, you know Askeladd and uh, Thorfinn, like the the character kind of payoffs, like the reveals and the in the when things are like crunched, when the characters are getting crunched, uh, their true selves are coming out, and what they're fighting for is uh, they're sort of desperate to cling on to it or protect it or whatever, and. It's all really good, really entertaining. It was one of the fastest watches for me of all these yeah, episodes. The pace in this particular episode, by the way, I should mention, was pretty pretty exquisite. Like it just flowed naturally. Like it didn't feel like a second of it was wasted. Mm-hmm. Um for my part, I'm not gonna give it the full five. I really, really want to for the horse uppercut. I really, <laughs> really want to. But I have to stick to my guns on this and say that. There have been better, more meatier episodes in the show's run thus far that have given us more to talk mm-hmm. about, more to think about. Uh, and I would also argue there have been better fights in it as well. Because, I mean, we can't obviously forget Forkel, you know, playing battleships yeah. or, you know, the siege of that fort, which in itself was quite exciting. So I think that individual, like, things that you could oh, think look, about this look, episode. I, I gave it the full five, but it's not perfect. There's a part where the no, horses, no, 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 the no. horses are running across the snow that looks like early '90s PC gaming. Like it is. Oh atrocious. yeah, I mean, I felt. I mean, I hope they managed to wash all the CG off beyond man. He looks awful. It, it looked terrible, and I, I'm not like you know. You're usually the one talking about this, but I noticed it, so it has to be bad. I, I did, and I didn't bring it up, which I really should have done. I mean, to be fair to Beyond, like you know, if he wants a cameo in reboot, <laughs> then that's on him. But you know, anyway. So, no, I think that there are certain, like, elements, like, say, the themes, the narrative, the motifs, uh, or even the action scenes that have been done better in other episodes in this very same show. But I'm not going to deny that I wasn't continually entertained from start to finish. Not a moment of this episode was wasted. It was very, very lean, very, very focused. And it still gave me stuff to think about. It still gave me good action. So, in the end, I will settle for 4.5 horse yukons out of 5. <laughs> Oh God! I may have possibly just killed Doc. Mm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> then again, then again, what pun did you drop on me before that made me? Oh, like, was uh, know, made my spleen almost eject from my body. Took the mask off. 
Yeah, like it, my my like you know, my appendix almost just went. Pew! Just I don't ricocheted off the walls. It was that painful. Ah, anyway, that brings us to the end of our discussion for episode seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, servants. Uh, who that might refer to, you are more than welcome to interpret as your Saber. Point, it's open ended on that one. Rider. Alexander the Great. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. <laughs> My favorite servant. <laughs> oh, no, we've got to deal with Jack the Ripper in a different that's show entirely. Podcast. We'll be discussing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the wrong <laughs> podcast. Don't get the pod. Don't cross no, the podcast, no, no, no. man. It just results in total platonic exactly. reversal. You know that. The worlds are colliding. Um, but anyway. Uh, Thank you so much to everyone who's joined us this evening in chat. Uh, if you're watching on Periscope or if you're watching on Switch, wherever you may be catching this from, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to join us on this Monday evening. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, because Vinland Saga is off the air next week owing to some sporting shit I could not give less of a toss about, um, we will see... I'm going to discuss this with Doc Offcast, and we will, of course, inform you via Twitter or Discord, wherever you may be, on what we ultimately will do. I'm leaning, and I don't know if Doc will agree with me on this, but we'll discuss it, on recapping some stuff that we've not discussed that we have been watching otherwise. I particularly like, for example, to talk about, say, Beastars, uh, and also um, Babylon. But we'll, of course, come to a conclusion on that later. In the meantime, I'd just like to mention that if you have enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support us, uh, you know, if you want to help me fill out my room with more stuff, or, you know, just uh, pay me for my time, uh, then why not consider becoming a patron of Warrior Death Show? We've got three tiers. You've got your $2, you've got your $3, and your $5. And they give increasing amounts of benefits as you get up. We have a Discord running where we often run game nights, for example, and we have some pretty good banter with some really, really cool people, um, including ourselves, of course. Um, we also, you know, are doing an ongoing uh, weekly Patreon uh, exclusive, or at least early access stream, of a show called Kabuchiko Sherlock, which currently is that. <laughs> uh, not it's, as good. It's not, uh, not, not so great. <laughs> A lot of the time. it's uh, It's got its issues, yeah. let's put it that way. I mean, I didn't realize the latest episode would have the Shercock in it, but there we go. Um, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but we'll... Actually, don't. I don't, but I'm just laughing at it. You haven't seen it yet, have you? Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, oh God. Right, okay, so we'll not discuss the Shercock right here. Um, so we are doing that. Uh, we have a request queue. Uh, I recently completed uh, my essay on Tokyo Godfathers. Uh, I am not going to be going to the next one just yet because I'm doing another special episode, uh, which I'm still keeping secret because I don't want to reveal to you all yet the absolute horror of what I've uh, witnessed. Although, again, I will give you the clue that it is Christmas released in a similar sort of way as Tokyo Godfather's. Oh, man. Insane. <laughs> you want to you put, you put two and two together? I mean, Doc's, Doc knows. I'm, I'm not Doc knows what it. I've witnessed. And um, Doc knows what I've witnessed, and he just thinks to himself, this is the absolute pillock I have to work with every week. No. What am I doing in my life? Um, so that's happening as well. And you in turn can, of course, then request uh, shows or even films mm-hmm. for us to cover if you so wish. Uh, and you can get involved in other things like requests for us to decide, like, you know, what show we'll be covering next season. There's all sorts of good yeah. stuff in there. So definitely do check I'm gonna it out. I'm going to try to get, like, a oh, group watch going on at some point oh, soon. Oh, yes. Of something. Yes. I'm going to experiment with platforms, but it's something I'd like to do. Um, and... Shadon and I have got some, uh, you know, patron-exclusive Christmas content that's actually good about... Well, no, Shadon's content will be good, but the things that are kind of come out are about good things. And uh, we're going to be preparing that uh, to uh, release to you guys over the holidays when we'll probably be, uh, you know, on holiday. We'll be away. So uh, it will give you... Uh, some uh, of your, you know, 
weekly doses uh, of us when we're not around to, to feed the content beast. Do not do 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 not do not you know exceed the maximum stasis uh, you know stated dose. So anyway, um, thank you very much for everyone for joining us. Uh, if you also, by the way, if you are you know not subscribed to this Patreon. You might want to consider, you know, dropping us a like, subscribe, all the usual good stuff on any one of the services you might be listening to on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, you know what I mean here. Anyway, on that note, we'll leave you be for the evening. I'm going to wish you all a very good night. Uh, and as always, as we want to say on this particular show, embrace your for everyone. It's the end of the universe. Good night. Good night. Good night.